Welcome to the Speed Data Podcast. Join Sarah Payne, our events manager, on our chemistry crusade as we aim to demystify dating, romance, relationships, and everything in between. Welcome back to another episode of the Speed Data Podcast. Today, I am joined by Lamont White. Can you tell our lucky listeners who you are, what you're all about, um, and yeah, what you do for a living and why you're here? Sure. So first, thanks for having me. And I tell people I am the gay dating coach because I teach gay men how to flirt, how to navigate relationships, how to argue, because that happens in relationships but really just to be their best selves and to stay in healthy relationships. So I do dating coaching sessions for gay men anywhere in in the world, like (laughs) literally anywhere in the world. And then I primarily do matchmaking for gay men in the United States of America. Awesome. Cool. How did you first get into dating coaching and matchmaking? Sure. So I have a weird background as a therapist working with gay couples for a very long time and in public health. And what I noticed is that gay men, we don't know how (laughs) to actually put ourselves out there to be marketable or to be dateable. So I went back and got a certification in professional matchmaking and dating coaching so that I can teach gay men how to date the right way. And I've been doing it for over 10 years and even helping guys to get Wow, 10 years, that's a big milestone. (laughs) It is, I feel like I'm getting old. (laughs) What drives you to pursue this as a profession and what makes it really rewarding for you? Right, so it's weird. Um, Growing up, I thought I was gonna be a preacher (laughs) or a minister. And I'm like, no, God had other plans for me. He really wanted me to um, fill a space that no one is really spilling, uh, filling right now. And that is helping gay men to be their best selves. And one of the things that I would love to do when I turn 60 is to look back at all the gay relationships I've been able to help form, form and just, you know, the different gay families I've been able to form. Awesome. What are, I guess, the most common reasons people come and seek out your, your services and, and help? Right. So uh, one of some of the common reasons guys will actually reach out to me is because they live in a area or a city where they can't find eligible gay men. So like it's a small town, small city. So they hire me as a matchmaker to find them guys. Other times guys come out to they reach out to me because they're they're busy working professionals and they just don't have the time to find Mr. Right. So I'll do that for them. Other times, guys will reach out to me because they think (laughs) dating is like using their resume online. So they have to be ultra professional, conservative, and that's how they market themselves to the world. So I teach guys how to create an image of their most authentic selves, and I give them strategies so that they can meet guys that they're interested in dating in their local town or yeah, city. Yeah, because then you're showing up as as who you are rather than this facade or this version of yourself that's not mm-hmm. not the real thing. Right, it's not the real thing. And after three or six months, it's yeah. gonna wear off and the guy's gonna find out who you really it's are. It's not sustainable, that's for sure. 
what would be like your ideal first date in your opinion like what what are your tips for how your first date should should be how it should feel like how how it should be set up so i will tell you i am the best first date planner in the world and i I guess i have to give myself a pat on the back for that because i feel like first dates should not be job interviews so they should not be like a dinner date a tea date None of that, you know, let's do tea real quick or let's do dinner. Do something interactive. So I plan interactive dates. So that might mean going bowling, axe throwing, indoor rock climbing, bike riding, something that is going to be fun because you're both going to be nervous on your first date. So this helps with that anxiety for you both to kind of relax, have a good time. It gives you an excuse to touch each other, right? Because I feel like if you don't touch each other on the first date, it's just a job interview, right? (laughs) So you have to be able to um, touch each other. You get to see each other's body language, chemistry, while asking questions to get to know each other. First dates, have fun, get to know each other, and stay out of the friend zone. Very good advice. I think it's also like when you go and do an activity like that, you can see people's competitive side come out a little bit. See how the dynamic unfolds. Especially men. Especially men. Yes, yes. I sent two guys on a date to, um, we have these things called the escape room, and you have to um, answer different puzzles so that you can get out the room. Now, that's when your competitive side comes out. Like, it is like A-type personality. So it's good to see in a first date. Escape rooms always give me just so much anxiety. (laughs) It's like really high stakes. Uh, (laughs) Especially Yeah, the time time crunch is just, it's a bit much for me. Um, What about people who are just coming out? Do you have any advice for people in this sort of initial stage? Just has just come out, just starting to date other men. What would be your advice to sort of navigate that tricky period? Sure. So for gay men who are just now coming out of the closet, who are um, owning who they are, I will say first, congratulations. Welcome. We welcome you to um, this new era in life. And I would say embrace it because taking the time to embrace who you are, it's courageous. And you have to give yourself a pat on the back that you want to be your most authentic self. So I'll say that's step number one. Step number two is take your time, (laughs) okay? Don't rush into let me date, let me have sex, let me go to the club. No, take your time to figure out um, who who the new you is now. Figure out like what types of guys you want to date. Figure out what conversations you want to have with your family members about the new you and what you want them to understand about you. I think also it's great to get a mentor, like connect with someone who has been out of the closet for a very long time so that they can answer questions for you. Also, they can include you in a different network in a supportive group. You have to find your tribe. Doing this alone is not going to be easy. So find a great tribe of friend, friends that can support you on your journey. Very good. And what about uh, internalized homophobia? What what are some tools that you can help to help people navigate and unpack this 
and how it integrates with dating and relationships. Internalized homophobia, I will say, is a never ending struggle that all gay men, anyone in the LGBTQ plus community has to deal with. Even myself, I am the gay dating coach and there are still times that I catch myself and I say, Lamont, what is going on? Is that something that I learned a long time a time ago? So I would say it's a it's an ongoing journey that you're gonna to have to unlearn some of those things that we have been taught what it means to be a gay man that has been very negative. So find a great therapist, a great counselor that can help you navigate through that process. A lot of people want to do it on their own, but I feel like if you connect with a therapist, a coach, that will help you navigate that process of unlearning a lot of that internalized homophobia. What are the most common ones you see people struggle with when they come to you? Yeah, so they're thinking about um, levels of masculinity and femininity, like okay, it's one thing to be gay, but then some people subscribe to like, well, if you're more feminine and you embrace that side, then it's negative. So I really help guys to unpack some of those things, right? And let them embrace whatever expression that they want to share, that they will do that. Also sexual compatibility about like, what do you like sexually? And that could be um, with whether it deals with um, relationship types, as far as like monogamy, open relationships, agreements, or sexual positions, or different kinks. All of that is wrapped up in society's view of what we can and what we cannot do. So I say as gay men, uh, people of the LGBTQ plus community, we get to rewrite our narratives of what we want to do and who we want to be. So that's a beautiful thing. Perfect. And what do you think are like the benefits of dating apps? So through your your dating journey, even yourself or or mm-hmm. as you've observed other couples or, or people coming to you, mm-hmm. what do you think the benefits have been for gay men with dating apps? Mm-hmm. So, so some people may not like my response, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think dating apps are a great way to find whether it's a partner to go on dates, casual encounters. It's a perfect um, mechanism. I think gay men are doing it wrong. Even heterosexual men, they're doing Everyone's it wrong. Everyone's doing well it wrong. <laughs> because <laughs> the women included. <laughs> well, no, some of the ladies do it better than the men, I will tell you, because um, guys, we will put up pictures that are 10 years old. Right. Like you haven't looked like that, sir, since high school. So that picture should not be there. Guys will put blurry pictures, weird angles. No, I think if you market yourself the right way on a dating app, you will find love. And my experience, particularly across you across the world, gay men have found love on dating apps. Like literally people have found their husbands, their fiancés, their partners because they have done it the right way. But I will tell you, I did see Tinder put out a new um, survey of of their results that almost 60% of their users are already in a relationship. So 
you have to vet people yeah. <laughs> to make sure they're already not in a, they're not already yeah, in a relationship. Yeah, because sixty percent of those people are not in open relationships or polyamorous or ethical non monogamy. There's no way. <laughs> Agree. The statistics no, aren't no, adding no. up. So <laughs> that's why people hire me as a matchmaker yeah. to vet. <laughs> I guess people coming and utilizing a matchmaker, you know, they're serious. Like you know, they're looking for something long term. So in that way, a lot of the vetting is done just by them coming to you. A lot of the vetting is done, and then I even go a further step: is that I teach gay men how to show up the right way in a relationship because as men we have been taught not to communicate our feelings like that's a bad thing so i teach gay men you can express your feelings i teach them also how to argue appropriately and to navigate uncomfortable conversations but also to make sure that they show up emotionally in those relationships Perfect. Yeah, I think that's really hard. Like arguing can be the end, the end of things. Really, if you if you don't know how to fight well and fight still with respect and consideration for your partner, mm-hmm. and in a way that complements them almost, then it's very tricky to get over, mm-hmm. get over things and move forward. And further damage can be done rather than it doesn't just stay to whatever you're arguing about or whatever you're fighting about. And then becomes, you know, other hurt that's caused and a ripple effect from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I do. I do think there's this misconception that in relationships um, that there um, will never be arguments or disagreements. That is a um, fantasy <laughs> <laughs> because um, weird things happen in relationships. People offend each other. People make mistakes in relationships. So it's really about how do you handle conflict? How do you get over that hurdle so that you all learn from each other, that you feel respected, um, that you um, collaborate is the word I use. Not co- Sometimes you have to compromise, right? But I force people to collaborate rather than compromise. In a yeah, because then it's not one person still losing or one person's winning. It's you both suffer a little yes. bit for the greater good. Right, right, right. And I get it. But sometimes I think the best way is to collaborate. So there's a win-win for everything. What do you think, and we touched on it a little bit, are the pitfalls of dating apps other than obviously not knowing if someone's actually single or not? (laughs) Right. I think sometimes people um, forget to complete the entire profile, right? So like your age, your height, your real weight, your sexual position, what you're looking for. If guys did that, that's half the battle. But if you are going to be mysterious <laughs> and not that information, not use pictures, then it makes it more difficult to find compatibility, right? So apps are set up really for you to find compatibility if you use them the right way. But we shoot ourselves in the foot by not actually doing it the way so that the algorithm will work for you. So I think that's the number one pitfall. Yeah, very true. Catfishing is just getting out of hand. It has become like it's a Tuesday. It's happening all the time. (laughs) 
What are some green flags you think we should be looking for in our long-term partners? Yeah, I think you definitely, if you, you talk to, so I guess in this whole dating phase, there are green flags, there are red flags, there are even beige flags now, right? Yeah, um, and that's am- a new thing. Amber <laughs> flags? That was like, it's not really a red flag, but note it. I feel like it's turning into the LGBTQ plus pretty much like it's a little color for everything for dating. But um, for green flags, I think you want to look for someone who knows how to communicate. I think communication is very key in a relationship. Um, Also, I was sharing this with my mother the other day about like compatibility in relationships. If a person that you're dating, um, is very caring to their parents. Like when I say like, they treat them well, if their parents get sick, they go over there to help them. Like if they go out of their way to be extra supportive for a family member, I think that's a green flag because that means they are gonna take the time to be caring with you. If something happens to you later in life, they're not gonna run away because they have demonstrated that they are going to stay in there for the long haul. So I think communication, how they treat people. Um, We talked about how they handle conflict. Um, But also, I think if there is this thing called chemistry, I think it's a green flag. (laughs) If you feel chemistry, connection to that person, if you feel like you're always thinking about them, that's a green flag. That's what you want to look for. What about attachment styles what are what is the ideal pairing of attachment styles in your opinion um and what do you think is maybe one that's gonna encounter a lot of difficulties that's maybe not so suited yes i think it really depends on your particular attachment style ones i typically uh, probably say hey be a little concerned about would be like someone who has like an anxious attachment style because that means that you are going to have to show up um, in a number of ways just to make them feel comfortable but also it could lead to um, managing some of their insecurities i think um, one of the ways that if you find yourself in a relationship with someone who has a different attachment style than yours that is totally fine i think it's more about figuring out how you all navigate the relationship and make it work. Some dating coaches, some matchmakers will match people based on attachment styles. I do something that's different. I teach you all how to coexist together because I feel like if you have the right skills to do it, you can stay in a healthy relationship no matter what the person's attachment style is. What is your favorite um, matchmaking couple? that you you've sort of introduced what's this like what's their story without giving you know them away and how did you make <laughs> how did you make magic happen for them yeah so there's so many to think of um i think i can think of one okay yeah so there were two guys there were actually one lived in um, north carolina which is next to georgia in the united states um i matched both of them I, un- unknowingly they both went to the same college at different times. They both drink, drive the what? same type of trucks. Um, I sent them on their first date, which lasted for eight hours. That's a and decent amount of time. They love old, 
eight hours. Eight hours, right? Um, <laughs> it started at noon with a bike ride, and then they got something to eat. And then they, during their conversation, they realized that they both love old architecture and homes. So they drove around the city looking at different homes, having conversations, get dinner. Like it was just like a whole experience for them on their first date. Um, they've been dating now for two and a half years. I think uh, an engagement may be coming Ooh, soon. So I'm crossing my face. That's good. Oh, that sounds like <laughs> such a sweet, like, first date. I think, I think some of the most memorable first dates are the ones where you don't have big, crazy, grandiose plans, and it's just the two of you, and you yeah. actually get to connect, yeah. like, with one another rather than connecting to like something that's happening within the venue or or some external mm-hmm. factor. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. Yeah. What? So the bells and whistles don't really yeah. matter. It's really just you and the person. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Uh, I guess some of the the red flags. We've spoken about the green flags. What are the red flags that you uh, that you would just be like, run a mile. Don't don't hurt yourself with this so, one. <laughs> when when you see so some red flags might be. Um, if the person is impatient, especially on a first or second date, if they're um, very short with you, um, it leads me to think that they've already made their mind up and that they may not be flexible. Um, if another red flag might be if they are rude to any of the, the waiters, the servers, that's going to let you know how rude they're going to be to you when you do something to make them very upset. True. I think also another red flag might be a person that is grilling you with question after question after question, because it is turning now into an assessment or job interview for that person to say, let me see if I can open up to you if you meet these requirements. So that will tell me that in a relationship, you want me to perform. Like, I have to do X, Y, and Z for you to demonstrate love. So I would say you can ask questions um, all that you want, but the best thing to do really is to sit back, listen, observe about what a person tells you. So if you're concerned about a guy's finances, you don't have to ask him how much money he makes. Just listen how he talks about money. That answers the question for you. But instead, some guys throw these red flags up and they might say, well, how much do you make a year? Do you have any stocks? Do you have any bonds? Do you have any investments? Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> yeah, there's so much about the different <laughs> colored flags. But there, but it's true. Like There are some very key things that, that are going to just be troubled down the line. What... Has yes. anything like genuinely surprised you about being a matchmaker? Is there anything that you've come across and you've just been like, wow, I never in my career thought that this this could happen or that I would be in here with these people in this moment? Have I been surprised? Uh, in the 10 years, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think sometimes, I think the unrealistic expectations for oh, yes. that some want. 
And it, um, when I have conversations, and I, this is when I do not take on a client, when they treat um, the matchmaking service like buying a oh, car. Gosh. Like my car has to have this specification. It has to be this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Lord, today, <laughs> I thought you wanted a human, not a machine. And I will tell you, people are not perfect. We all are work in progress. And um, it does surprise me when people, um, you know, show up like, hey, I want to buy a car or it's like an escort service. No, sir, you can go somewhere else and get that. <laughs> this is for people who really want love and actually who want to do the work to stay in a relationship because it's not just about um, having a first great date or having a great match and initial. Let's talk about six, 12 months down the line. Let's talk about two years into the relationship. How are you still going to show up as your best self? That's the type of work that I do. So um, when guys come to me like that initially, I just go, oh, this is a red flag for me. This is not going to work. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That what, that's what frustrates me a lot is just having this criteria, these this checklist, mm-hmm. and going to pretty much every single person and the minute it not meeting one of these Honestly, the, like non-vital criteria. They're just like, bin, on to the next. It's almost, it's very dismissive. It's um, very closed-minded. And I feel like you're missing out on some great opportunities to be surprised by new people. And by steering away from your quote-unquote type, you know, you might be missing out on, on someone amazing. I, I, I totally agree. I think... It is okay to have, I will emphasize, a very small list of your core values Values, that you want in a relationship, right? Like core values, more like if if spirituality is important to you, if, you know, humor is important to you, if health is important to you, great, have your core values. However, everything else is a little negotiable. It's negotiable. It's like you should be open-minded to it to find your right person. and if you date more, date different types of people, you will be able to hone in on your true core values and see what else is fluff or things that you can manage. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So what would be your top tips uh, for gay men when it comes to dating in this modern day and age? Yeah. So I think that if you're a gay man, it is okay to be in the streets. <laughs> like, Lamont, what does that mean? <laughs> it is okay for you to be outside of your house to meet Mr. Right. It is extremely hard for you to work all day and go home and go to the gym and expect for you to meet a great guy. It is okay for you to go to different gay bars, clubs, soccer events, um, dancing events, um, cooking events. Like you have to be in places so that you can meet other eligible men who like doing similar things to you. So get out of the house. I think also um, date different types of people like we talked about so that you can figure out what works well for you and take your time in dating the person. First dates are always weird and awkward, okay? 
make it a second date so you can see if you both are more relaxed, if there's a different side of the person. Um, maybe on that first date, the guy said something weird or you didn't agree with. Start asking some probing questions. Hey, I noticed you said this last time. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you meant? What did you intend to say? Because there might be miscommunications that happen on that first date. So I say date the person. Go on one, two, three dates so that you can really get a good sense of the person. Don't give up on date number one. Yes, I totally agree with that. First dates are either amazing and then the second date's not great or horrendous. And then you can sort of climb your way back from that. <laughs> right. And there have, there have been people that um, have, we call it the slow burn. Yeah. So like on the first date, they were like, oh, this person was nice, but I didn't feel butterflies in my stomach. I wasn't like astonished. And then they went on a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. And they're like, oh my goodness, I get to see different colors of this person, different levels of this person and they find more attraction because that's what they're looking for they find more attraction they find more chemistry they find more compatibility as that slow burn goes the only time i would say don't expect a slow burn sometimes is if you have these huge red flags on your first date then you can mm -hmm. run permission to run <laughs> yeah yes there's a bit of a debate um about butterflies at the moment i've seen it on social media mm -hmm. about whether that that is your internal you know warning system going off or whether it is you know attraction and a, and a positive thing what's your take on that so it the butterflies that's definitely your physical attraction like your your, your body is getting hot and bothered and excited which is an amazing sign that is great but I will tell you this, whether you're physically attracted to the person or they're gorgeous or whatnot, it has nothing to do with their core values. Very true. It has nothing to do with it. So yes, embrace the butterflies, embrace the warm and fuzzy feelings, but still try to figure out if you are compatible outside of the bedroom and outside of all like the hot and bother. Absolutely. Yeah. Core values, they're not going to change too much but your physical appearance of course it's not going to be the same forever and it shouldn't be it, it will change over the years and as, as someone in their 40s i would say it definitely will <laughs> still looking divine lamont don't worry <laughs> thank you well thank you so much um for coming in and sharing your wisdom and wise words we really appreciate it if um, guys are interested in learning more about my services they can visit betterwaytomeet.com um, i literally work with men all over the world and really help them to be their best perfect selves. well we're so happy to have had you on the show and people should go and check out Lamont on social media as well. Yes, yeah, so they can follow me anywhere, The Gay Dating Coach, on Wednesday evenings. Um, I do a, a dating show as well um, on YouTube where I help you know anyone in the LGBTQ plus community find love. We have a good time. We ask some spicy questions, some funny questions. 
But we have a good time on our YouTube channel every Wednesday. Wednesdays. I'll be tuning in. I hope everyone else does as well. Thanks, Lamont. <laughs>